may be around the world and thank you for joining us once again on truth to you.org that's truth number two letter u.org i'm jono and joining me in the virtual truth to you studio all the way from indonesia is the author of let's get biblical why doesn't judaism accept the christian messiah volumes one and two you can get a copy from his website outreachjudaism.org that's outreach judaism.org welcome back to the program rabbi tobias singer great to be here i'm hoping that this program is going to you're going to iron out a lot of stuff for me you're going to explain a lot of things and then at the end of this program i'm going to go ah of course right now i get it okay it all makes sense right that's your job um it was a number of years ago it was i think it was what was his name tim lahay tim lahay wrote the left behind series and the, i don't know it had something no, like no, 11 we, we would study that in yeshiva all the time that's right it's a big hit in the yeshiva right the, the left yeshiva. behind series left behind series are you kidding with that <laughs> it was one of jesus christ it, superstar that was it without, that's it that's all they it would is. close the whole yeshiva without that <laughs> you'd have nothing to study all day yeah, yeah, or we would study uh, the, the the hymn of Christ. You know, well, this is a typical day in the issue. Yeah, so you're course. the man to come to, and of course you majored in the Left Behind series. Yeah, and it's the I do believe it's the eleventh book that is entitled Armageddon. Now I haven't read them. I'm just telling everyone I haven't read them. But this was a very popular uh, series amongst dispensational uh, uh, evangelicals, uh, right? Uh, yeah, I mean it's funny. Actually, I just told myself a joke funnier than the one I told you. Anyways, I. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was thinking left behind is something like that the Catholic Church would do. Anyways, but the key is the um, yeah. You know, I don't I don't know why it's really uh, unique to evangelical. I mean it's it's based on uh, the rapture. It's based on the rapture. It's it's dispensational. It's a big hit, I think, with uh, with uh, Ray Comfort. And uh, but 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 some years earlier than that, Tobia. Oh. Uh, 1998. There was a blockbuster, a, a Hollywood blockbuster by the, and it was also entitled Armageddon. Now, in in this one, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Do you remember? I don't know if you saw it. I, I, I didn't. I, you know, I, to me, Cinderella, um, the no. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Can't. I'm not. I don't. I, I do believe I saw it. I think I saw the movie, and I think it was pretty horrible. But it was a. It you know it did very well and made a lot of money. And in this one, Bruce Willis goes, and I think he lands on an asteroid that's heading heading for Earth. Uh, he lays down his own life for the whole world. Bruce Willis so loved the whole world, Tobia, that he laid down his own life and uh, blew up the, the asteroid with a nuclear device and saved the planet, which I suppose potentially makes uh, Bruce Willis the Messiah. Yeah. Now, before that, <laughs> coming back in time, even even before that, Tobia. Oh, this is like I'm getting such a, this is such a deja vu of my rabbinical school days yes continue <laughs> so, <laughs> in yeshiva. so many memories of studying for the for my ordination yes so you uh, remember, this is all we had to, we had to know bruce willis backwards and forwards no forget about it yes on your bruce revelation chapter now you remember doing revelation right revelation is a wild read uh chapter 16 yes. and this is the uh this is the story of the uh, you know the, the angels that pour out the the, the bowls of the, the bowls of wrath. <laughs> no, I would love to read this whole chapter. It's so much fun. No, I will. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to read from this. I don't world. think you have enough alcohol in your house. <laughs> 
<laughs> then the sixth angel. No, 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 don't do. You're an old chapter. No, I'm coming under the there sixth. Are Jewish thing. lawyers that are listening to you. Sue your pants <laughs> off. Are you even there? Are saying? seven bowls? I'm only going to read number six. Why do this you need this? Why is this necessary? These are good. No, it's people. very important. Our customers are paying customers. What do you do? You want to try to ruin a business? Eh? Well, this is what it good. says. We had a fabulous verse store. twelve. You're going to destroy <laughs> the whole thing. Let me do. Let me. Do. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the show. This is not the way our tour goes, just so you know. In fact, <laughs> I even got to that, he the tour. that he doesn't even say anything. So just so you know, <laughs> when you're going to be on the tour, just know there's not going to be anybody talking about six <laughs> balls hanging from anything. Seven. We don't, seven seven, we don't let him talk for a minute. We tie him up and we put him in a closet. Just I want you to know, it's a great tour. And that's what it's <laughs> a good tour. We don't let him talk. That's it. Nothing. It says, yeah. then the sixth <laughs> angel poured out his bowl on the the great Euphrates, and the water was dried up so that the the way of the kings from the east um, might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouths of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are their spirits of demons performing signs, Tobia, performing signs, which go out to the kings of all the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle of the great day of God Almighty, it says. And then it throws in this little piece of information. And interestingly, Tobia, this is in red, which uh, means that the um, th- this is my trusty New King James Bible, and which, this is the New King James telling me that this is Jesus speaking. Hang on, hang on, Jesus speaking. This is very, <laughs> very, very important. You ready? It says As opposed to the, to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Yeah, yes, yeah, continue, no, this is, of course. This is what he says. He says <laughs> As opposed to Maimonides. Go ahead. Of course. As opposed to Santa Claus. This is essential information. If you don't have this, you're going to be very embarrassed. Are you ready? This is, by the way, why the tour was so exceptional. Because I, <laughs> I kept this. I had him in lock and chain, and that's what. He yeah, yeah. Was like, it says the field going. Is, what is a frog jumped out of a nose? I'm telling you. No, right I'm now, not even making this up. This is what it says. Injuring people's hearts over here, really. This is. It's nothing compared okay. to this verse. You ready? This is verse. This is. This is in red. You've got to pay attention. It says in verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Get this. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a pretty handy that's piece of information, do you think? That's rocket science right there. That's, keep it your is. clothes on, unless you Keep your clothes on. <laughs> that has to be don't have your clothes on. I'm sorry, I have to get baptized. Could you excuse me? <laughs> that's it. If it's, if just it's when you do, out, just keep your you, clothes handy you, by the bath. You don't have your clothes on, you're naked. That's you, it. That, there's no way in the world that, that the John, the author, could have known that by himself. This has to be the word no. of God. That's right. He should know yeah. that if you take your clothes off, you're naked. This is for sure the biggest proof. Uh-huh. Very embarrassing. Is, I have a big career ahead of me now. This is That's it. right. Just it's all over. Go. If you go outside and your clothes aren't on, that's it. You can kiss your career goodbye. So and Jesus you, knew this. He said, just keep your, keep your clothes handy, preferably keep them on. Blessed are you if you so do. So what is he, like, he you when you run out on the street? Is he preaching to a nudist? To see the, to well, see the frogs. He preaching to a nudist colony? Uh, and just, <laughs> like, well, maybe the, maybe keep, the, was it Patmos? Is that where he is? Keep maybe it was. near you, because just in case. Just in make case. Sure you, you know, okay. So, right. all right. Now, that wasn't the key verse. It gets better. No, this, this, is the, no, this is the key verse. The, the key verse is, Revelation chapter 16, verse 16, it says, 
And they gathered themselves together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Yes. Now, Armageddon, and this is, the, I mean, that, that verse, Revelation 16, 16, people go nuts over in, in, uh, in the Christian world. And I remember, Tavio, when I was young, growing up in the Christian church, there was, there was a, an incredible excitement about that word Armageddon. It eventually becomes a, a, the title of a blockbuster movie. It has nothing to do with the Bible, of course. Uh, not even the New Testament. But uh, when we were on tour, now bringing it, bringing it to the tour, we did go to Megiddo. We went to Tel Megiddo. Yes, we did. This place is a, a place with incredible history, history that goes back a very, very long time. And uh, amongst that, that very rich history is a battle in, uh, in 609 BCE, I do believe. And it's fought between uh, the Egyptian pharaoh Necro II, right. in which a very sad thing happens. It's very odd in the way that it happens, but King Josiah uh, fell. He died in that battle. All right, so this, this is, all right, this is, first of all, you know, people think it's Armageddon. What has happened here is it's Armageddon. It really, I, you know what it is? I, I really, I've, I used to not, as a kid, not like Christians because I grew up 15 years. I was born 15 years after the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Brooklyn where the non-Jews were not nice. I mean, they were, they were not like, oh, this is a nice Puerto Rican neighborhood. You were Jew, you'd be killed there. So I really, you know, didn't like Christians as a youngster. And I, I tell people, and my whole life changed as an adult when I met like these really, really nice evangelical Christians who really not all of them, we all have our crazies, but they really, for the most part, were really very impressive people. I really liked them a lot. And then I felt really bad for them because I I used to, as a kid, be happy. Like, if it was December 25th and it would snow, I'd go, oh, man, they got a white Christmas. But now it's like, it's totally different. Now I really care about them. So Arm, there's no Armageddon. It's Harmageddo, which means the hill. It really is not even, there's not even a mountain. There's just the, the hill of Megiddo. The key mm -hmm. point is, this is a critical juncture. And we're going to talk about, it's Second Chronicles. If you have the Bible, chapter 35, 22 through 25, it's critical. But it's not critical for Megiddo. That's the point. And I'll explain. Megiddo is an area, it goes back to the beginning of time. And mm -hmm. if you wanted to go to the land of Israel, let's say you wanted to come from Syria, and you didn't want to climb over the top of mountains and down and up and down and kill yourself, this was the way to get through. If you wanted to go, let's say, from the Asian continent to the African this was the way to, this was the past. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's a very critical area. And everything happened. It literally goes back. It dates back. We have dates back literally to the time God created the world. I mean, literally, six thousand years of human history, right there, mm -hmm. bang. And by the way, you notice it's not twenty-five thousand, but it's six thousand years of history is there because that's mm -hmm. the way you would pass through. Now, what happens is what's. And, and then I'll explain Revelation sixteen sixteen and the mistake that's made. We mm -hmm. actually are introduced to a, a 
a text. And I want to actually back up to another passage, if I may. Because sure. this has to be built up. Okay. So this is a verse in Zechariah. Zechariah 12 is messianic, as is the two chapters that follow it, that describe the end time war. The war when nations come to attack Jerusalem, Israel over the status of Jerusalem. That's what it's about. And Israel will be victorious. That's what the whole Zechariah 12 is about. Mm-hmm. Sit to Zechariah 8. And in this war, where it is, the Jewish people are victorious and crushed the enemies. of, And we find parallel passages famously in Ezekiel 38 and 39. We're told immediately after verse 9 that the Jews, even the weakest Jews, will, be, will defeat enemies. We're told in verse 10 that there's someone who gets killed Mm-hmm. in this war. This is the critical point. I just want to build this up so we understand what happened here. So in Zechariah chapter 12, what occurs it, it, in the midst of this great event, like imagine like the Entebbe raid in July of 1976, it was a fantastic success, but Yoni Netanyahu, the prime minister's brother, is killed. Mm-hmm. It's a tragedy. He's such a talented, he was a such a talented young man. Anyway, it was so. It was so. There's a sadness in that, in the midst of this successful battle, a a a person. It says the text says, and they will look to me because the one who was pierced through, and they will mourn over him as one mourns over a firstborn son. Okay, and then it says. If you want to know what this is an end time event in the middle of this war that will take place. The Bible does this all the time. When mm-hmm. scripture is describing something that has not yet occurred and it wants to the prophet wants to convey to the reader, look, if you want to get an idea what that will be like and the mourning, the consternation that it will spark. If you want to get some sense, so there actually was an event that happened in history in the Valley of Megiddo where a great person who was a warrior, he was the king, he was Josiah. He, what occurred with Josiah, which you're describing now, is Josiah really was, this is why it was so sad, Josiah was the last great Davidic king. He was a a disciple of Jeremiah. He was it. I mean, and he was it after disasters, after we had Mm. Nash and his son. We finally get this great king, Josiah. He actually became king at eight, but they couldn't make him king. That way, they they had to wait till he was 18th mm-hmm. because a child came. And he was just, he undid all the damage of his father and grandfather. He mm. was just a spectacular individual. His heart was with God. And he believed that no weapon should ever pass through the land of Israel. Now, it wasn't that he was like you have in America, some liberals, uh, uh, gun-free zones or no guns allowed, or he's like uh, Bernie Sanders who's against guns. That was not it. There's a mm-hmm. passage in the Bible that says that when you'll be faithful to the Lord, no weapon will pass through your land. Okay, so he's going, we're now faithful to God, which the nation was, at least as far as he can see from his mm-hmm. vantage mm-hmm. point. And he's and the, the the Egyptian king wants to go to war with another nation that's to the east of Israel, and he has mm-hmm. to 
pass through. All he wants to do is this is why it's really a war over nothing. It's very tragic. He it just is. he just says I yes can I just. I, I just need to get through the land of Israel, and you'd have to. And Megiddo is the passing point. That's just the way you get through. And and Josiah says, absolutely not. No weapons in the land. And the the king of Egypt goes, well, I've got to go to war. I've got a war to go. I'm going. If you try to stop me, then we're going to go to war. And Josiah did. Now here's where Josiah is such a delicious holy man. He, unlike other kings and generals who sit in a bunker with 43 helmets on their head, 5,000 feet underground <laughs> right. with, yep. with kryptonite on top of them, so what starts <laughs> up with him, Josiah wanted to fight next to his man. He actually mm. puts on the uniform of an ordinary foot soldier. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He had a few of his, his assistants around him, and he fought next to his men. Who does that? No one does that. What happens next? An Egyptian... This is the tragedy that occurs in Megiddo. The, an Egyptian, because again, Megiddo is the place, just the way it's situated. If you look at the Judean hills, that it's in the, if you give you a sense, it's in the tribe of Menashe. Means Menashe is on both sides of the Jordan. This is the part of the Menashe that's on the west side of, that's on the west side of Jordan. Jordan, what happens? An Egyptian archer sees is is shooting at Jewish soldiers. He doesn't know it's the king, and mortally wounds Josiah, who tells his his um, assistants, "Take me away. I'm I'm gonna die." And the tragedy. Oh, he wasn't even forty years old. It was a a tragedy beyond belief. This was the great king who changed everything. It, it, I can cry when I read these passages now. What the Bible tells us very clearly is that everybody starts to mourn, to cry. Read verse 25 of chapter 35, Second Chronicles. This is near the end of the Bible, and yep. everybody's crying. And the crying causes a this lamentation, causes literally the nation to repent. So much so that actually the destruction of the first temple is delayed as a result, because mourning in Jewish tradition... When people mourn, they typically repent. It happens that if a person loses a father and cries, they, people start taking life more seriously. And what happened was that the Jews mourned, and their mourning caused a repentance, and the repentance held back the destruction of the first temple. Now, what we have in view in Zechariah chapter 12 is that it's the same thing, that this is, by the way, what's known as the Mashiach ben Yosef, that mm-hmm. there's two opinions. Either it's a single great warrior or Israeli soldiers in general. The sage, our sages bring down two opinions, but soldiers get killed. I mean, you, we see it today when an Israeli soldier is killed. It rips a heart out. Well, this is like just a, this is a terrible. Everyone begins to weep, and the weeping of the Jews brings about the repentance, which is necessary, based on Isaiah 59, verse 20. Mm-hmm. And then the Mashiach ben David, the Messiah, the son of David, will come. It's really very simple. And Second Chronicles simply says this. Says, 
if you want to know what it will be like when this individual gets killed in battle, mm-hmm. do you remember that? What happened in the Valley of Megiddo with Josiah? It'll be like that. Okay. Now, the church messes this up unbelievable. It's not telling us it's going to happen. I, and I always say, everyone, read it for yourself. It doesn't say in Zechariah 12, but this is which that we don't know who wrote. We, we, and we know his name. We don't know who wrote Revelation. But the book of Revelation is really only one of eight books that we know. We, we know the name of the person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. The seven mm-hmm. letters of Paul, and this is written by somebody named John. But the mm-hmm. key point is he gets it wrong. That means Megiddo, Zechariah, is not telling us that the end time war is going to be in Megiddo. There's nowhere. That's from nowhere. He took this reference point right. from the past and said, aha, it's going to be here. There's nothing, there's nothing in, by the way, there's nothing in Megiddo today. It's, I mean, nothing but places that we go to on tours to see all of human history. But there's, right. that's all that's there now is places where tourists see, want to see the Bible. That's the story behind Revelation 16. 16. It's a misapprehension of Zechariah 12. Uh, I don't know how far you want to go with this. No, 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 that's great. That The penny has dropped for me. If, it, let me repeat this back to you to make sure that I've got it right. Yeah. What you're saying is that uh, so Revelation 16, 16 talks about a coming, uh, this great eschatological event, the end times event, this war that is going to happen at Armageddon. Armageddon is Armageddon. Armageddon is mentioned in Zechariah chapter 12, the prophecy uh, that talks about um, a, a, a sorrowful event, and and yes, what uh, and what Zechariah is saying everyone is everyone will mourn. Everyone will mourn. He says, yes. if you want to know how bad it will be, he says in verse eleven, in that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, yes. like the mourning in That's, Hadad, mourn in the plain of in the in the plain of Megiddo. There it right. is. So is that then when we go be- back to see what that mourning was in the plain of Megiddo, we see that in Second Chronicles chapter. Uh, 35, 35, verse 20 it's and on. at the end of the Bible, right? Now, 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 okay, now that brings me to another, let me ask you this question, because it says, uh, after this, when Josiah prepared the temple, Necro, the king of Egypt, came up to fight against Kachemesh uh, by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent messengers to him saying, uh, now this is, this is the Pharaoh sending messages to um, Josiah saying, what have I to do with you, O king of Judah? I have not come out against you this right. day, but against the house which I have, um, have war. For God, he said, God commanded me to make haste. Refrain from meddling with God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Never, nevertheless, verse 22 says, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself, as you said, so that he might fight with him and did not heed the words of Necro from the mouth of God, it says. So he came to fight in the Valley of Megiddo. What, what's happening there? That's kind oh, of so confusing. This is very interesting. Okay. So I didn't expect you to ask such an intelligent question. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. So here's a key point. This is actually the Zohar, Kabbalah, deals with this question. So I, actually you are the first person ever to ask me that question in my life. Write that down in history? Yeah, and, uh, uh, that I recall. Well, I don't think anyone ever asked me that. So that's brilliant. So what happened in the so Josiah's death triggers a great mourning, which we see. It follows, goes right to the end of the chapter. Crying, crying, crying. But remember now, this process is not vicarious atonement, but the, when a righteous person dies 
and it causes mourning, that triggers repentance. And that's why in Isaiah 57, verse 1, it says, people, good people died, and you didn't even think about it. You didn't even take it to heart. So that's what's going on here. Now, the, our sages ask the question, and the Zohar brings us down. He goes, but what did Josiah do wrong? That means, why, um, why did he... Why did he die? He was young. He wasn't even 40 years old. Why did he, why did he die? It means that there is another part of this equation. He doesn't die for somebody's sins as a completely righteous person. He's a righteous person, but that doesn't mean he never did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. What mistake did he make? And the answer is based on this passage that in fact there was a prophet, the prophets were telling him and Necho, the king of of Egypt was repeating it saying people are telling you don't go to war with me right. listen and he didn't listen to this advice Josiah was absolutely adamant no weapons in this country the man was completely righteous but he believed now the our sages asked the question well, what what was going on here well as it turns out our sages tell us that even though uh uh, Josiah was very successful in eliminating public idolatry. So therefore, if you walk the streets, in fact, you walk to someone's home, you'd only, it would look like a nice Jewish Orthodox home. The thing is that the Talmud says that people would have statues behind their doors, which means that people would have in the closet, they'd have a, they'd have a, a little, they didn't get, it wasn't clean completely. Mm-hmm. But of course, it was a radical reformation. Mm-hmm. Josiah was a person who just would was absolutely adamant no web the bible says there's no weapons in the land when you're faithful to me and it's not going to be and he would not listen to this and he rejected in doing that it was rejecting the word of the lord but in a in his mind he was not uh, in his mind, it was absolutely unacceptable that any weapon should be coming in. But mm-hmm. Nico was not himself a prophet. But in fact, Nico was was repeating over what was public information. That is, right. prophets or men of God were already saying, "Don't get involved in this war. Let them pass through. Don't fight with Egypt. Let all the because really they did as you read." The, the king of Egypt did not want anything to do. He was really going against, uh, he was really going to the Euphrates. He had nothing, he didn't want anything mm. to do with the land of Israel. Right. So I, he wanted to keep going. Yeah, all right. So, it's so, so, so unfortunate, isn't uh, it? I mean, it just seems tragedy, so unfortunate. That's it. It was just a, it was terrible, terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what I can say to you, the guy was even 30, what was he, 38 years old? That's all he was, 30, yeah, 39 yeah. years old. So he was a young man. He transformed the nation and he was it after josiah died we really i mean we really it went downhill again so it's amazing isn't it i mean he's the he's the great grandson of of uh yes uh, again a great reformer and and uh just did uh, wonderful things but that all went down the tube very quickly with his son Manasseh. uh we've discussed him before in the program and Manasseh is the the grandfather of josiah josiah cleans things up remarkably like you said um, but not long after that, uh, it it again goes uh, it it goes it spirals down to the point where we get to uh, Yechoniah, who is uh, exiled to Babylon and is is spoken about. Uh, in fact, the, the curse. Yes, Jeremiah chapter twenty two. It's interesting, Tobia, that uh, Josiah is mentioned elsewhere in the New Testament in. Uh, 
in the genealogy of Jesus in uh, <laughs> yes. in Matthew chapter one. Yes, uh, not 11. in not in Luke. In that genealogy is different, <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, but we have Josiah, and it says oddly enough, it says that Josiah begot Yechoniah. Yeah, because they're skipping uh, some generations around, right? Yeah. So they so what happens is Matthew's genealogy. You really want to have fun, okay? So Matthew's genealogy, and <laughs> we see if Matthew never said if verse seven of chapter 1 in Matthew didn't exist, no one would have a problem. Why? Because in the Bible we have many examples where it says a person is someone else's son, when in reality that person, the father, is not their father, but in fact their grandfather. Mm-hmm. And it skips a generation because the grandfather was more prominent. There would be no problem in doing that. I can give you a hundred examples in the Bible of, of skipping generations because the, the grandfather was a, He's the a very is is the big is the very important person. Yep. Very often a prophet here. Mm-hmm. Nobody but Matthew does Mr Mr. Creative gets involved and what does he do? He gets out his crayons and he goes, This is not an arbitrary uh genealogical record. Oh no. It, it, look carefully at this genealogy. Did you notice there are actually four sets of uh, three sets of fourteen? There are fourteen generations from Abraham to David which is true, and then there are 14 generations from David until the Babylonian exile, and that's where you get to verse uh, 11, and mm-hmm. which, and then 14 generations from Josiah, from the Babylonian exile, all the way to to, uh, to 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 Jesus. Now, how now? Why does Matthew want fourteen? It's very simple. Most scholars actually blow this. They say it's seven is a number of perfection, and it's seven times two. It may be, but that's not the big reason. The real big reason, which most people don't get, is that the name David in Hebrew. We've talked about it on all, many of our shows. Each mm. Hebrew letter has a numerical value. Mm-hmm. Dalit is four. Dal, the name David is made up of three letters that add up to 14. So therefore, it's 14, 14, 14, praise the Lord. But in order for Matthew to do that, he simply takes out his eraser, he takes a scalpel, he takes a scissor, and he cuts out people so he can get his 14. He actually blows it because he actually takes out one too many people. I don't... It's so far a law from what is going on, but actually, but that's the key. The point is that that Matthew's genealogy is missing a whole bunch of people, mm. and he no doubt, incidentally, intended to remove Jaconia and inadvertently removed his far removed uh, removed uh, Yehoiakim instead of Yehoiachin. That was a big mistake. So he, he yeah. took- so now why would he? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you if you were Eliminating people from the genealogy because the names <laughs> are almost identical, so therefore right. they just they slept out the wrong name. That's yeah. all. look, look. That's how you get in trouble. You know, you get the cover up. You know, that's how you get in trouble. But if you and go to Matthew's genealogy, if you see Josiah's son in Matthew's genealogy, is uh, 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 Josiah's son is Jaconia, but actually mm. Jaconia had a father whose name was Yehoiachim instead of Yehoiachin. Yehoiachin. So therefore, it's off by basically one letter. So he took 
out the wrong guy. That's took out the wrong guy. So, so this is just a result of not having done his his study properly, right? Not having done his research well, accurately mean, look enough. At, look at look at the, him having Jesus coming into Jerusalem for the for the triumphal entry. Oh, riding on two donkeys. Yeah, because of a misreading, he has him coming in on on two donkeys instead of one. This is this is Matthew's fingerprints all over it. He's the shlemazel of the New Testament. I don't mean He's that, the I was about to say. I don't mean to say, I just about to say, I didn't mean that disrespectfully, but I just realized how ridiculous that was. But he's the, I was going to say, I don't mean that disrespectfully. But, he, but, but, but this is the same, is this not the same, uh, yes. the, the, the lack of, of uh, research, the lack of detail, taking time to find out exactly what's going on, uh, is the reason why today the Christians have this sensationalized view of Armageddon and and this is how it came about. Well, you know, I, it's it's Matthew, and but it's old John. You see, what's wacky here is you wouldn't believe this. Most people don't know this. Most people think about no look to me because of the one who was pierced. Mm -hmm. So they think this is talking about the crucifixion. Um, you know, two thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the mm -hmm. Jews in the future will look back. Actually, John misappropriates this completely. I mean, this Megiddo is really wild because. John has Jesus as a Passover lamb, therefore crucified on the 14th day of Nisan, rather than mm -hmm. the first day of Passover, which would be the 15th day of Nisan, which is what the synoptics do. Now, John wants Jesus to mirror the Passover lamb. He he's crucified, i.e. sacrificed, mm -hmm. uh, after noon, as opposed to Mark. In the third hour, he has him after six hour. Great. What he does also is, there is a, an event that occurs in John, which you'll never find in the synoptics, and that's where the Romans soldiers want to take down his body before the Sabbath, but they want to make sure he's dead. Typically, in the ancient world, this did exist, where if there was someone crucified, normally a person was up who was crucified for a week or a five days, something, but they, they normally would break the legs of the criminal. Mm. They, you couldn't support yourself. Your body weight would pull down. You were tied to a cross or, or a stake. And then your lungs would be elongated. And you'd die yeah. of asphyxiation. You'd die of suffocation. Very simple. But it looked to the Roman soldiers. This is the story. John 19.34-37. The Roman yeah. soldiers look. <laughs> the Roman soldiers look. And they, they, they see it looks like he may be dead. They take a spear and pierce the sides. Water and blood and water come out. This is to fulfill two verses. Number one, that not a bone of him should be broken. Because mm -hmm. John wants Jesus to be the Passover lamb. I mean, mm -hmm. Paul does too, incidentally. You'll find that in Paul's writings. Mm. But not to change the date of the crucifixion. That like that like John really goes flying with that, and John can get away with that because John is at the end of the first century, whereas Paul's writing in the fifties. So therefore, and and he says that the second thing is the second passage is fulfilled is that they will look upon him. So actually, John changes the pronoun from me to him, and it has nothing to do with Jews. It has nothing to do with the crucifixion. It has to do with something that happens post mortem. It happens after the crucifixion. This is. This is uh, such a mess, and that's why I tell you, Chris, I wonder, if you're listening to this show, go easy and really be gentle with Christians. Don't be hard on them. And I mean that. Don't go, oh, your New Testament is stupid. These are good people. 
this is what they've been, this is all they know. It's really a very gentle, it's really so unfortunate because these people so often mean so well. Mm. What's happened is it's just a mess. So Armageddon is really hard. Megiddo, someone mm-hmm. Armageddon, you know, and it's funny because Revelation actually says the Hebrew word Armageddon, and, and then it gets it wrong. What's that about? Now listen, now, now listen. You just said a whole lot of stuff. Can I just again let me repeat? This, let me paraphrase what you just said, just to see if I've got it right. Uh, we have again Zechariah chapter twelve uh, from verse ten, and I, I will pour uh, out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem uh, the spirit of grace and supplication, and then they will look on me whom they have pierced. Now I'm reading oh, this that's from a, that's, a, that's a King James. It really should that's the King James. I'm reading from the King James. But, but I'm not going to get complicated in Hebrew. But there's a double accusative going on there. Yeah. So it's they'll yeah. look to me because of the look to me, meaning God. God is speaking here. They'll look to me, God, because of the one who was about. Pierced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, but 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 what I'm saying is that there's a there's a couple of if I'm to understand you correctly, there's a couple of fulfillments um, that New Testament writers claim to have occurred. One is at the crucifixion, uh, as you just pointed out in John, right after the crucifixion. Right after the crucifixion, the Roman soldier and oh look, he's we don't need to break the legs, but look on the one who whom they pierced, and and so there is supposedly the fulfillment of this uh, of this this uh, prophecy. But the other fulfillment is uh, Revelation sixteen sixteen, uh, where there is a gathering uh, of of people together uh, for war in a place in Hebrew called Armageddon. Now, where where Jesus tells everyone to make sure that you keep your clothes on because otherwise you'll be naked. Is that what they're looking forward to? These these are the two events that... I wish you didn't do that because this is a serious show. <laughs> that's what it says. It's in the verse just before it. Come on. You know, that's what I all gather our, our, for. Our, our advertisers are going to be knocking on the door. I mean, you're waiting for the new now, but this is coming out of your, This is coming out of your salary. I'm, just, the text. I'm just telling you now, your salary, not mine. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you now. You did it. I didn't. I'm keeping the show straight. And you. It's the only red letters on the page. It's got to be important, isn't it, for Christians? Surely. So this is what they've all come to hear. That the frogs went all around the world to bring all the kings and the war and the, and the armies together, we, we so really, that Jesus could tell really, them. We really have a very serious tour. I just want everyone to understand. Just saying. Just saying what I'm, I'm looking on no, the pages on the forward and back. A, There's no more red letters. We this have is bound and gag the whole show. Honey. <laughs> sits on his head so he doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the text. Uh, now uh, these are two these are both Christian fulfillments. Is this is this what I'm to understand based on yes. uh, the, the misinterpretation of, of Zechariah chapter twelve. Okay. I, I hope we have it like I don't know how many listeners are now can getting baptized <laughs> because of the show right now. <laughs> They're probably like standing in the line the Christians are going, where are all these people coming from? I listen to the show. <laughs> no, but the, the thing is also the, the Megiddo is also has a great location because it's really close. It's it's let's say about uh, uh, let's say uh, about eleven miles uh, from Nazareth. It's really close. Mm-hmm. It's not far from Mount Carmel. It's a whole north. There's a lot of ancient cities over there. So it's uh, you know it's right at the southern rim of uh, Echelon. I mean it's all it's it's right in the middle of it. But Everything always happens in Megiddo, meaning the fights, the wars. We don't. I'm going to tell you straight. If you want to study ancient Philistine thing from three 
thousand years ago. This is not a tour, just like this is not a tour for you if you want to go snorkeling. You could go before, after, stay longer with me, my guest, but we go right through the Bible. We don't, mm. We're not interested That's what it is. In so see, if you want to see 15 versions of the Last Supper, 15, all, all, <laughs> all 15 Last Supper rooms, this is there's another, I'm, I'm sure I'll find another tour for you. We don't do mm. that. The key is this. The, this is the place. This is the great tragedy. And the key is, as the Talmud says, Whosoever mourns over a righteous good person, so that person, all sins are forgiven. And that's what happened with Josiah. And that's what will happen with the Messiah, the son of Joseph. doesn't mean he's the Messiah, by the way. I hope you guys have listened to the shows that I've done before. Any one of a leadership position is called anointed. We have mm-hmm. all sorts of people like that. But the key is, this is the point that everyone has to understand. The Messiah can't just come because of, a, of one single passage. Isaiah 59, verse 20. The Redeemer can only come to Zion when Israel, when Jacob repents. Got that? It can, mm-hmm. God said this. It can't be another way. And therefore, God, the Almighty, will have to, or probably have to use a tool in order to agitate the Jews to repentance. And the Messiah's on Joseph, meaning a warrior or soldiers getting killed in this end time war, will trigger that mourning, which will in turn bring the Jews to repent, and then the Messiah, the son of David, will come, and according to Jewish tradition, it's in the Talmud, in, in Trek, they took a 52b, actually the Messiah's son Joseph is the first person to be resurrected. Now, of course, what's interesting is that when, if you ever say the word Talmud to a Christian, it's like, I don't know what you said to him, like you, like you maybe he said Obama or something, I don't know what, they get all excited, <laughs> I don't know what happens. You go to an evangelical you say Talmud, it's like you said Hillary Clinton, but, but, you, but, 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 if there's something in the Talmud that in some way can be construed to support what Christians believe, then the Talmud, they become all of a sudden Lubavitchers, and they all love the Talmud. So they they quote this Messiah, the son of Joseph thing from here to tomorrow. If, trust, if Don't trust me. Google it, Messiah, son of Joseph. Mm. And you'll have every, if you want to know the closest Messianic congregation, just look up Messiah, son of Joseph. <laughs> and actually, every Messianic congregation in the whole world will light up and then you can Google Earth it. I'll tell you, they love it. They go crazy. Really, you have to look up Messianic. Just look up Messiah Ben Yosef, and then it'll be forty-eight pages later. It'll mention the Talmud. They love. They'll have a Jewish site on it. They love this stuff. Why? Because it supports. Suddenly, they all the Talmud is the best thing they ever heard of in their whole life. So that's. So now you know what so Megiddo is a fascinating. It is a place of sin. Obviously, it was a fascinating place. I have to say, it was fascinating. But I was having trouble fitting all that together. And I'm glad that you put that. The penny has dropped now, and I appreciate it. I knew it would. Thank you, Rabbi Tobias Singer, author of Let's Get Biblical: Why Doesn't Judaism Accept the Christian Messiah? Volumes one and two. You'll find it. Uh, on Amazon, you'll find it on his website, a website, outreachjudaism.org. That's outreachjudaism.org. You'll also find tobiasinger.tv, where all of his videos are. Thank you, my friend, for coming back on the program. I can't wait to see you again in uh, November. We are, of course, going on the Tanakh tour again this coming November. There is still space on the bus. People can still leave a deposit, and uh, I will put a link on this post. You can leave a deposit and secure your place and be with us this November in the land, learning about such wonderful things in the Tanakh. And uh, with Toby and myself, Ross Nichols, Jason, and 
I'm really looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you very much for coming back on the program. Always a pleasure. In the meantime, dear listeners, be blessed. Be set apart by the truth of our Father's word. Shalom. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was the most that's the most insane show I've ever done in my life that's really that funny really I couldn't believe it like I was just I was just you know I just a little bit of research and oh yes this is it's in it's Revelation chapter 16 chapter 16 verse 15 that's an important verse that's an important verse and if you take your clothes off you'll be naked you'll be naked whoa Don't praise the Lord this guy must have been I'm surprised he didn't go to he probably went to Harvard University Einstein. <laughs> I'm glad my yeshiva never saw this, and the whole glow yeshiva would have converted to Christianity. They would find out if you take clothes off, you're naked. <laughs> this is the last red letters, right? I'm not kidding. The last red letters are in uh, Revelation chapter three. The it's basically Jesus talking all the way through, apparently. Uh, and but when you you go all the way through and 16, and all of a sudden he just goes, um, "Excuse me, um, I know you're talking about Armageddon and all, but I just want to let everybody know. Just make sure you're wearing some clothes because if you're not wearing clothes, you'll be naked." Okay, please continue. Yeah, keep your clothes. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, says keep your clothes near you. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's like uh, I know you normally walk Which around means naked, that they're naked but... walking around naked all day. So just keep a pair it's of hot. underwear clothes by, it's hot on just in case. So this way, it's not really so becoming if the if the Lubavitchers come by. So keep. I know you all walking around in a nudist colony, a bunch of naked men, twelve naked guys going around all day. You know, never getting married. But in case anyone shows up, that's look so good keep a backpack <laughs> nearby you. if you have to whip on something quickly just keep a backpack nearby with some clothes in it. if you take your clothes off you'll be naked <laughs> this is the word of god this is definitely the most <laughs> i don't know there's no way how could john have known this is not possible this has to be it this is it i think this pushed me over all right it took time it's a matter of time i find a verse that, was, that was i didn't know they knew